0: Hi, this is Justin Edinburgh, and you're listening to the NL Full-Time Podcast.
1: Welcome to this week's NL Full-Time Special. Now, normally we're in the studio, but uh, I'm here in my dining room, so good evening, everyone. Unfortunately, other guys aren't here. They're in a, a secret location. Rob is in somewhere in Cambridge. Hello, Rob. Yeah, hi, Luke, and um,
2: looking forward to this. We're going to have a bit of fun today.
1: We are indeed, and Chris is in East Manchester somewhere, Brow <clears throat> Broadbottom. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's right,
3: yeah. Ready and raring
1: to go. And Tom is in a secret location abroad, and we're not going to reveal his whereabouts, but hello Tom.
3: Good, good, because I really don't want my girlfriend knowing where I am and actually making me come home, so thanks.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right, so... I'm going to hand you over to Rob Because shall we start with the predictions Rob, um, who did what In this year's predictions Who, who, fought, who did a late nor in either the Western Supermare
2: <laughs> Just before we start uh, Let's just mention uh, Dickie, obviously Dickie's part of our team Now but he wasn't at the start of the season And so therefore he has Escaped these, these very indignant Moments that we're all going to suffer now As we admit how appalling we are at uh, predicting what's going to happen in the National League, which, let's face it, boys, is, is the most unpredictable league, well, certainly in the country and probably in the world as well, certainly the most contrasting league, uh, league even. Right, let's get down to it. Um, we predicted at the start of the season, Tom, Luke, Rob and Chris all predicted various things,
1: including who would win each of the... Uh, including who would win... Uh, the leagues at step one, two, and three level. Shall I do um, a. Duh, duh, duh. <laughs> duh, duh, duh. Drum roll, please. Um, and uh, obviously, various other things like who's going to make the playoffs, who's going to get relegated,
2: and uh, who is going to be the top scorer in each division. So, I've given a little bit of thought to how we're going to do this. All right. And uh, let me say, first of all, listeners, nobody's going home with any gold medals pinned on their chest here. We didn't do great. Uh, equally, we didn't do appallingly as well, and incredibly, all four of us have come relatively close together with our predictions, but what I shall do is I'll run through each of us, and we'll slaughter ourselves one at a time. <laughs> oh. So, please, step up to the po- podium, please, if you may, uh, Mr. Tom Lang. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I won't, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, that, that's probably because on podiums, Tom, they only have places for first, second, and third. <laughs> and unfortunately, you very only just came fourth. You were in the top four, though. When you say only just came fourth, you mean it's
3: because I deserve to finish fifth?
2: Um, but uh, not at all, not at all. No, let's let's deal with the highs and the lows. So, okay, Tom, you did a fairly steady in the national league. You you did. Predict that uh, Fylde, Orion and Salford would all uh, finish in the top seven. Um, but you had a, a couple of stinkers as well. You, you said Chesterfield would win the league and you weren't alone in that. To be fair. Um, you predicted all the shots for the playoffs. And shame on you, Tom Lang. You predicted Barrow, Gateshead and Solihull Moors all to go down. And I think I'm right in saying they all finished in the top half. Your reaction, please. <laughs> well, I mean... I was
3: duped by um, a guy that we all know who claims that older shot are supposedly good um, <laughs> and I allowed that to Chris Pratt, <laughs> that is. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> apart from that, oh, okay. I, I couldn't see how a club that almost went part-time were going to finish as well as Gateshead did.
2: Um, so, although my lesson, I'm definitely going to pick them to go up next season. Well, uh, let's uh, let's let's give you a little bit of credit to uh, Tom. You did uh, predict, as in fact three of the teams did, uh, Braintree to be relegated. Um, in the National League North, you uh, said Stockport County would be up there. Um, you didn't do very well other than that at the top end, and, and you, you did pick out Guysley um, to make the playoffs. Uh, so that was a a bit, a bit of a way out But uh, at the other end You did really well Tom uh, You picked two Of the three sides That would go down Ashton United And FC United Well done Tom um, after that, Well done there And a very Very commendable effort in fact, in fact Probably the most predictable Of the three divisions Guys was the National League South We all did Pretty well In, in picking Sort of four or five of, of those That finished in the top seven uh, You did say Billerick would win the title which obviously they didn't and they did just miss out on the playoffs as well but have got Chelmsford, Torquay, Woking, Concord and Welling five of the top seven so a big well done to you for that and uh, whilst I'm sure being uh, somebody from down in the southwest you you wouldn't have wanted Truro City to go down you did predict them to go down you saw that one coming Tom. Yeah um, and
3: the word on the grapevine is they they might struggle not to uh, repeat the feat next year as well. Ah, there's a Mm. bold prediction
1: already. Did anyone get that one recorded? (laughs) Mm. Um, So your total,
2: your grand total, um, well, in fact, no, we'll come back to the totals after we've done the players. We're going to leave the players aside for now. And every player that we picked, boys, to be the golden boot in the National League, the National League North, the National League South, we scored a point for every goal they did actually score. So I'll roll up the points at the end. Bit of a mixed bag, Tom, but uh, a decent and honest effort. I now need to call upon the housewives' favourite, please. I'm, I'm stepping up to the plate. <laughs> is this? Yeah, he, he, we, we've been
0: calling him that all season. He knows who he is now. Uh, Chris Pratt. Do I get? Do I get less
2: ritual humiliation than Tom as I finished marginally above him? You get. A little bit to start with, and then it will get better for you. Oh, okay, Cause there's good. no, I've got a bit of a traffic light scenario going on on the spreadsheet <laughs> here, and uh, and and it's most definitely red for you in the national league, but uh, the north and south you did a lot better, Chris. So you predicted Chesterfield to win the league and Aldershot to be the playoff winners. Thanks for putting the kiss of death on my voice, Chris.
0: <laughs> well, like Tom said, I listened to you and uh, I. I there weren't many teams that were uh, title contenders Then got relegated the next season Rob, in fairness
2: No, there weren't uh, there, there wasn't And uh, uh, you uh, you picked up uh, Wood for the playoffs as well I suppose you were going a little bit on last year Both those sides suffered. You did correctly say that Salford and Fard would make the playoffs And you correctly predicted Raintree would go down um, And along with Tom and Luke I've got to say uh, You also picked Gateshead and Solihull Moors
1: to go down So mm. uh, I'll, I'll
2: shut up And let you eat Some Humble Pie um, Well consider it eating.
1: Yeah oh I'll god go yeah that. Massive oh, With, with, with for That I think. cream on it Didn't we Chris As well I think
0: <laughs> Absolutely I, I apologise To uh,
2: fans Of those two clubs <laughs> Well uh, uh, Moving on To the National League North uh, Chris Well obviously You're based up north And you do see A little bit of football At that level you quite rightly said that Stockport would be right in it. Uh, you picked them as playoff winners, and, and of course, they won the league in the end. Uh, you thought that uh, Brackley might come out champions, but for Brackley, Chris, a second year making the playoffs but not progressing uh, must be frustrating for them. Yeah, very frustrating, and uh,
0: I think um, I would expect them to be up there again next season. Um, they're consistently one of the best sides I see but I'm a bit all, being all serious now Do you want me to j- make a joke about it? But no, I, no, no, not at all not. I think uh, they are consistently one of the
2: best sides I see every season I expect them to be up there again next season Another side that made the playoffs last season And made it this season And the, you called it correctly Might they have uh, a tougher battle on their hands next year? I believe there's been uh, a manager departure there on this very day. Bradford Park Avenue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was the only one who went with Bradford, and I can remember doing that, and there was a few raised eyebrows, and a lot of people thought they would be towards the lower reaches of the table this season, but they performed above expectations. But, yeah, with news today, as we speak on the podcast, of Mark Bauer leaving um, Bradford Park Avenue, yeah, he's watch this space, really, to see who comes in. Very much, well, look, what, very
1: much sought after, isn't he, Mark Bower?
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I remember speaking to him this season, and I put the question to him because he was he was on the um, uh, one well that shortlist. He was one of the uh, up there with the bookies' favourites for the Bradford City job. So that just tells you about how uh, what high esteem he's
2: held in. Good stuff, Chris. And. Uh... Look, one, one we won't dwell on because because Luke's been hammering you with this throughout the whole season. that so yes, any more uh, to uh, to be relegated? Yeah,
0: uh, it's a fact. That, yeah, go on. Is that done now? Can I? Does <laughs> there been about that stop after today?
1: <laughs> it does. It does. There were a pe- there were a penalty kick away from being in a national league, Chris. Thank you. I have suffered though. And you know
2: what, Chris, you've actually fooled me. I've got to take five points off of you right now. I don't know if any of you boys have got the spreadsheet. Open. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go down. I've oh. given you... Ah, oh, right, we'll come back to that one, Tom. Um, I've given you, Chris, five points for predicting <laughs> that there's more well, I get...
0: did spot <laughs> that. I did <laughs> spot that a moment ago, and I was in two minds whether to voluntarily... Declare it. <laughs> that takes me only one point, I think, ahead of Tom. And so, if there's it any does. other, if there's any other minor uh, errors, I could be well, uh,
2: knocked off the It top would top. appear. It would appear that we've uh, that we've given. Uh, we've also given you points, Chris <laughs> very Sorry, no, no, sorry.
3: Scratch that. They did go down.
2: They it wasn't that was was when Listeners, I know it sounds like we've all been drinking, but we haven't. So, okay, so I got that one right. So Chris's total has been docked, and he's perilously close to Tom now. If we find any other discrepancies here, the housewives' favourite may very much, uh, may very well indeed lose his title. Okay, um, enough for you, Chris. I think you've suffered enough. Uh, are, we uh, Luke- Concord- are we giving points for Concord making the playoffs because
3: they didn't have the ground grading? Because <laughs> technically
1: they did, didn't they? So <laughs> technically they did. So basically, I think. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a. We have to go to a judge's call for that. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, that would don't that benefit I Bob because he's the only one who didn't um, have him. <coughs> I think. Yeah, I I, I think that
2: because uh, Concord finished what was it sixth or seventh? I can't remember, but they they did finish in the top seven. That's really what we were predicting. We weren't forecasting which clubs would uh, pass ground grading I, I think that would be asking a little bit too much for us. <laughs> yeah, I think we should consider next season then <laughs> <laughs> ok brilliant stuff right Chris um, let's move on to our podcast host now this is the moment Luke's been waiting for all season he is the only one that, that predicted that Leighton Orient would be our National League title so, well done <laughs> Just pause there while Luke applauds himself.
1: Just, and let me just pat <laughs> myself on the back as well. There we go, pat myself on the back.
2: <laughs> so what we'll do, having you, you got that bit, we can't we we can't dwell on that for very long. Oh. Uh, you also picked files and so to make the playoffs. Let's have uh, a look at uh, one or two of the uh, horrendous four cards you made. Another one that picked all the shots to sneak into the playoffs. <laughs> Not just Gateshead and Solihull uh, Moors, But Barrow as well Exactly the same as Tom actually Luke You predicted all three of them to get relegated And they all finished in the top half
1: Damn and blast <laughs> <laughs>
2: But you didn't predict okay. Raintree, Which all
3: the rest of us picked up points on And Raintree to go down was like predicting the sun to rise in the morning So you
1: should drop <laughs> that in. They nearly stayed up If, there was, if all the shot I lost against Haven't Then the AGM Cup was on <laughs> but <laughs> uh, and no, no, we'll we'll come, that that we'll come on to that in a bit. We'll come on to that in a bit because they poached the manager, aren't they? So yeah, uh,
2: well, it, or he's touted himself, whichever way you want to put it. <laughs> 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 okay, moving on to your predictions for the National League North, Luke. Uh, I've got no green on the uh, traffic light from the rest of this down, so it's not great reading for you. But uh, you said Brackley and Stockport would finish in the top seven. You also like Tom uh, pick Geisley. To make the playoffs, and they didn't. Um, but you have got two of the three uh, relegated sides, um, and I've coloured them the wrong wrongly on the uh, chart. They should have been green, not red. You got uh, FC United and Ashton United. Uh, two out of three ain't bad, they say, Lou.
1: No, no, but I, b- I believe Ashton have been taken over, so they could well be back with a vengeance next year.
3: You also yeah. predicted Kurt Ashton to go down. Do you have something against the town of Ashton, or is this just <laughs> to
1: no, no? It's just the, um, teams with small budgets, really. But we'll, we'll yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah,
3: considering
0: you live two miles from Ashton and about ten from FC United, you you didn't have much faith in the local sides there, Luke.
1: No, no, it's easy it's easy for me to speed away from there, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good stuff. Okay, you did pretty well in the National League South, uh, Luke, as uh, indeed three of us out of the four did get get, get five of the sides from the top seven. Woking, Chelmsford, Torquay, Concord and Welling. You also picked Dartford in there, who obviously slipped away in those final weeks. At the other end, you picked Gloucester and Eastbourne Borough to go down, and uh, the fans of those clubs will smile wryly, as I say that, because they did survive. But Western Supermair... Uh, to be
1: fair to you The only one of the four of us that picked them out And they, they did indeed go down Thank you Yeah they did have a Western Supermare So I'm pleased with that yeah. In a way Sorry about um, the uh, any Western Supermare uh, yeah. fans listening <laughs> I'm not pleased Obviously I wanted them to stay up I thought with the FA Cup run they might Well go on a burst and prove me wrong But unfortunately they didn't quite do it
2: We did Listeners Uh a little bit of a stab at predicting the title winners at step three as well. Uh, I won't run through them uh, league by league, team by team, but what I will say is you did the best there. You picked Weymouth to win their league and Kettering to win theirs. So a 50% strike rate for you, um, whereas uh, Tom and Chris didn't get any. I did pick Kettering as well, but. Uh, not a bad effort there, Luke. Uh, we'll come to the points in a bit and we'll come to the players that really... Yeah, our version, the uh, points for the players' goals scored, that's a little bit... That's our equivalent of the, uh, the Eurovision coming in with a public vote at the end.
0: It could change everything. <laughs> before, before we move on, Rob, i just back on the Spennymore issue thats um, that i uh, that I'm just uh, been uh, stewing on. <laughs> uh, I,
1: Don't be getting I, your excuses in, Chris. Come on. I,
0: I should keep the five points for having to put up with constant barracking about it all season. <laughs>
2: yeah, a, a brave attempt, Chris, but uh, should we just take a vote on it, boys? All those in favour of Chris getting his five points back, shout now. <laughs> oh, I think we've got a unanimous decision there, Chris. <laughs> Alright, fair enough. <laughs> Okay, has anybody got the spreadsheet open and want to rip to pieces on mine or shall I start yeah,
3: it, yeah. it Go on then, Tom. I thought you might want to do the boots in. We'll move uh, on to you, Rob. Um, I'd like to also just hammer myself and Chris one more time <laughs> by saying we both predicted Whitehawk to win um, the Isthmian League this season, but they actually got uh, a successive relegation, went wow. down again.
1: So um, what happened there, Tom? By the way, what Rude. happened with Whitehawk? Because yeah. I know Steve King left, but They they did look like favourites to go back up, didn't they?
3: Absolutely. Um, But clearly it's the Steve King effect, isn't it? I think I said uh, earlier in the season on the podcast that in terms of actual win rate across uh, the calendar year and the first half of 2019, he's easily the most uh, successful manager in the uh, top two tiers of non-league
2: football. That's a great point you make there, Tom, about uh, Steve King. I've been asked by a lot of people in recent weeks, who, who who I thought might come in at Aldershot, who I thought might like to come in. Um, and he was one of the two for me that I thought absolutely has been there, seen it, done it at that level. He's a passionate man. He knows his players inside out. He's got a really good record of polishing up rough diamonds and finding little nuggets. And, uh, you know, I uh, he would have been one of my two favourites, uh, along possibly with uh, Bobby Wilkinson. But it all a shot job. But uh, I guess we might as well touch on it now quickly, uh, Luke. Uh, um, it was confirmed uh, the day before we recorded this podcast. As Danny Searle, and uh, rather than me give my reaction, what about you boys between you? What did you think of that one, Tom? You probably know him better. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't really. Um, he sort of came in at uh, a brain tree,
3: a little bit under the radar as well. He's made his way up more through the coaching uh, side recently as opposed to being one of those managers that we see bouncing around the circuit for, for many years. And um, I think, you know, as I said to you in a WhatsApp message of the other day, I think maybe there's an element of that is why Old shot brought him in. He's probably going to come a bit cheaper than the likes of Steve King or Bobby Wilkinson. But more importantly, he's demonstrated at Braintree that he can achieve results on a budget um or admittedly he came in too late to keep them up, but the results he got since he did get he did arrive were impressive. Um and maybe more importantly than his salary, is he more likely to be willing to work on a low playing budget than someone like Bobby Wilkinson?
1: Hundred per cent, Tom. I, I I no I agree with you I, I said that. It's um you could have results since he's come in there, they've leapfrogged Maidstone, they've leapfrogged Haven, haven't they? And um it's a case of, he was, he was working out on a part-time budget as well, so if all the shot are staying full-time, he can implement that extra couple of days training as well, and it may well be the cheap option, but he might be the right option. Sometimes the cheapest option is the best option. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, one point
2: that's been well made uh, over the last couple of days is that a certain other, because there was a little bit of an initial reaction from the shot fans of Danny Who or whatever, but I mean, you look a bit more closely At the uh, grounding that he's had Uh, big clubs, good clubs Charlton, West Ham, Chelsea a lot of the time of course coaching uh, kids but he's now made that transition to men, he's proved he can get uh, a response out of players that pretty much their season was done Um, he steered them to victories over Fylde and Salford and a draw at Lake Noreen didn't they on the last day so extremely well and somebody pointed out that uh, there was a not too many years ago, a, a, a manager that uh, took hold of uh, Braintree, who didn't have much of a past or much of a record and uh, uh, he's doing okay now, isn't he, in League One
1: with uh, Lincoln City, Daddy Cowley. Now, I was gonna say, Rob, what is the reaction of the Aldershot fans to it? Are they, are they a bit underwhelmed or are they like, actually he's a young manager and we've got to give him a go?
2: I think they, they, the initial reaction, the knee-jerk reaction was a little bit like that, but I have to say, um he conducted himself Danny Searle, extremely well in the uh, initial uh, press conferences. He speaks very intelligently, articulately, he's an incredibly positive guy. and I think all the shop town needs a breath of fresh air right now. Um, you know it's, it's been mentioned many, many times that Gary Wa looked cut a forlorn figure for the majority of last season. Um, and uh, you know he was always on a downer for him um you know obviously and that culminated in a likely relegation to the national league south next season but um as you say for somebody like Danny Sell coming in He might look at the shots budget which you know is probably going to be less again and, and 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 uh you know it's going to be it's going to be lower half um if they if they do get a reprieve in the national league um but he's looking at that as a positive and he's already mentioned he doesn't think it's always about money it's about It's about people, it's about how you treat them, how you get the most out of them. Oldershot Town are at a low ebb at the moment. I don't think there's really any
3: any arguing that point. So when you're at a low ebb, when things aren't going the way you want them to as a club, do you try and do what you've always done before and end up being like a non-league QPR, just recycling the same tired old management and tired old players? Or do you try something a bit different and go for someone who's built up those coaching credentials, who's learnt his trade um, at, as you mentioned, bigger clubs, you know, how often do we see that, like with Steve Watson with Gateshead uh, at the beginning of the season, his relationship with those clubs up in the northeast? How often do we see that actually the managers who've got relationships with professional clubs um, can draw out some real gems on loan? Gary Johnson's done it at Torquay this year. Maybe that's what Aldershot need.
0: Yeah, my, my counter argument to all this, um, as uh, just to balance the scales, would be that older yeah, are a big club. They're going down into a division that they. Um, They're going to be playing teams that have probably never played before. They're going to be going to a lot smaller grounds. The teams that have bounced down, I've got no scientific proof of this, but I'm just going off what I can think of at the moment. The teams that have gone down and been successful in bouncing back in the next season or two generally have gone for more experienced heads. And my worry about the appointment is... Is mainly what happens after five or ten games if he hasn't, you know, if he hasn't picked up four wins, um, and the fans then start thinking, well, he's a positive guy, he's a positive guy, but he's a, he, he's not who we wanted, and we haven't started. We're, we're in a, we're in the lower tier and we haven't started very well, and that would be my worry. I think.
2: I think it's a really good point you've made, Chris, and obviously we we'll wait and see. And it's great that you have sort of come up with a counter argument to it. I think as a group of fans, the Ulster town fans, ask a couple of things. They ask that everybody that steps on that pitch gives their absolute ball. Um, and, uh, and, they, and they like to see, uh, like to see attacking football. They've had a wretched season, the lowest goal scorers weren't they in the, uh, in the national league last year? So I think they will probably forgive a few uh, three two. Evening, about nine o'clock in the evening. I know that tomorrow, Wednesday, is a very, very big day for Gateshead, Uh, and uh, and and all of us, all of us, all four of us, uh, would love to see uh, Gateshead survive. I'm absolutely sure. No, I I haven't
0: seen any updates, Rob, but I'd I'd just echo that. Yeah, and uh, you know, for for having such a a difficult season, um, I think Tom touched on it before. For them to finish where they did was. Was remarkable. Um, you know, we've got Jeff Kent, who's a, a good friend of the podcast, who travels around the country uh, following them. And uh, yeah, thoughts go out to people like him um, at the moment, and yeah, hope everything works
3: out. I would mean, yeah. say actually that that's a really nice little segue to bring us back to getting to Rob's prediction as well. Gate said that the only <laughs> side all, all four of us predicted to go down. Um, yeah. So the fact that they have had the season they've had after the summer they experienced. And with everything going on behind the scenes, with players not being paid, staff not being paid, people not being, not certain they'll be able to pay their mortgages, for the playing squad and the volunteers and the club staff to rally around and achieve what they have achieved this season, is um, you know it's not really much short of remarkable in my opinion. Um, and everybody who sits below the ownership of that club just deserves huge commendation for the way they've handled this season. But enough of the uh, serious business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rob has I think the reason that Rob's been so keen to keep this going all season is because he, he knew he was winning from early years correctly predicted the top two of Salford City and Leighton Orient um, again like albeit the wrong way round yep correct but you've got both the teams that are going up those were the only playoff contenders that you got correct so actually the National yep. League would be your weakest area um, yep Braintree yeah. again correct to go down uh, but Gateshead and Barrow, neither of them anywhere near it. So you can join the rest of us in sitting on the naughty step with that prediction. Um, National League North, interest. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, the, the experts on National League North, i.e. Luke and Chris. Luke performed the worst out of all four of us. Then Rob performed the second best. So uh, Southport the uh, oh. winner, same as me and Luke. Um, no points there, but Brackley and Stockport County for the playoffs. Good shouts, and you went for the same relegated team designers in Ashton United and FC United, which. So cool.
0: I, I just gotta interject here, Tom. Um, Rob's playoff playoff selections: Boston, Chester, Alfreton, York City. You could you could just stamp mediocre across the three of them, the four of them this
3: season. Um, I think he deserves a bit more of a roasting for them. <laughs> In terms
0: of underachievers,
1: Rob probably picked the best underachievers, Chester yeah. and York. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Do you know what though, with the, with the way the National League spread, I think if all the shot went in the north, Rob would be a good bet, wouldn't he, to get him right? And they weren't far
0: off if you look at the allocations. <laughs> Mm. The Oldershot thing's really interesting.
3: I think we've all tried to be too kind to Rob. I think secretly we all knew they were a bit crap this season. But all three of us have put them for the playoffs, and Rob hasn't. Have some courage and convictions, man, and support your team. But I think it's also important um, that we make the point with you on the line um, that all three of us, when, uh, myself, Luke, and Chris, backed shot for the playoffs. Um, and the only person who didn't was you. <laughs> so. You know,
2: how's that for supporting your team through thick and thin, eh? Yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, I think in truth, I knew that uh, Aldershot had lost some very good quality players and Callum Reynolds and Shay Alexander at, uh, and Will Evans, who's gone on to be the player of the season at Chesterfield. Obviously, Duke Kellerman went. And just before the end of the season, Manny Ouellicchi as well. There was a lot of good players, um, you know, left Aldershot, unfortunately, what on this occasion, wasn't able to... To recruit as well as he yeah, had done in the previous couple of years and the rest of the season as we know his history but I think I knew enough at the time after a pretty uh, limp and lacklustre pre-season it just didn't feel right right from the day one at all the Finishing off with the National League South for you Rob, same as me you went
3: to the town for the title. Um, I don't think anyone could really have foreseen the little implosion they had around November, December. I mean who could have imagined that a club with such a uh, loose Cannon of Bonona would go through a rough patch And then for the playoffs Woking, Chelmsford Torquay, Wielsen and Welling All five good shouts um, Hemel Hempstead maybe didn't have quite the season That we would have expected them to So no shame in clumping for them The playoff spot to be honest um, And then East Thurrock Gloucester City and Hungerford for relegation Four points for East Thurrock But the last, last ditch survival efforts Of Gloucester City and Hungerford And the sort of horrendous 2019 that Truro City have had had uh, that he picked up zero for Gloucester and Hungerford
2: yeah and uh, if I'd known then like I know now what a troop or what a fighter Mr Ian Herring is for Hungerford uh, town then I probably wouldn't have predict, uh, predicted Hungerford to go down while we mention Ian I'm sure boys will send our congratulations to Ian and Mrs Herring on the mm. back, uh, uh, new baby absolutely
1: Absolute yeah stuff.
2: so uh, that pretty much the highlights of the predictions let's get down to the nitty-gritty now and of course the uh, the the points that can change everything and that's the scorers uh in the national league premier um a pretty decent effort to be fair all round incredibly and uh, i have to say stupidly none of us took the guy that finished the top scorer last year and predicted him again because he did it congratulations to uh to Danny Rowe, <laughs> and thanks Danny also for that free kick that I think we've had about 10,000 views of the FA Trophy final on
1: LL4. So, as it, as it stands, your video, Rob, has 33 retweets and 172 likes. So, there you go, your Danny Rowe free kick has gone viral. Yeah, it, did, it was a wonderful free kick, and uh, fair play
2: to Danny Rowe because he's coming for a bit of stick, not least from some of us in recent weeks, but ultimately, was the National League top goal scorer Chris and Luke you went for Adam Rooney he got your 22 goals and uh, to be fair to Adam Rooney had he not had a fair spell out injured he might have pushed Danny Rowe closer Uh, I went for McCauley Bond he got 23 and obviously dried up a lot towards the end of the season Uh, and Tom you went for Alfie Pavey you didn't know at the time of course that he was going to change clubs but I think he ended up with 11 goals in total Yep, he did. Um, I think, first off, I didn't want to go for Adam
3: Rooney because I just think anyone who, anyone who pumps for a £400,000 striker in the National League is just gauche. Um, however, <laughs> after paving, I thought, after the season he's had at Dartford, being managed by Lee Bradbury could bring the best out of him. Um, he had done with Jason Pryor. I didn't reckon with Lee Bradbury not quite getting his National League strategy right, he didn't know his best team until way too far into the season, by which time it was sort of too late for having Waterloo Hill and Alton Pavey had left.
2: Yeah, fair enough. And Kabamba left as well too and, and did really, really well up at Hartley where he's now signed up for next season. In the National League North, we had a north-south divide. Uh, and, and it's fair to say we didn't do very well, any of us really, but uh, Tom and I went for Simon Ainge. At Darlington, and, he, he, and all I'm going to say is he at least got four goals because uh, I don't know who's going to take this, Chris or Luke. But you both went for John Parkin, and there's a big fat zero against his name, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he did give us a box to give away.
2: So
1: yeah. Can
0: we get some extra points
1: for that? Yeah, we got a signed book what out of him. That? What did Simon Ainge yeah, give you? Yeah, Luke. <laughs>
2: luke got that, Chris, didn't he? Not you. <laughs> There's no way, Chris, is getting any more points. Tom, by the end of this podcast, we'll have you off in third place. Don't you worry.
0: OK. okay. Yeah. I'd just like to you say that across the, across the board, we managed eight goals between us in the National League. Oh. We did. We, yeah, <laughs> pretty rough two
2: each on average. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we basically equated um, to okay. one Matthew Chadwick. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. All right, on to the uh, on to the National League South, where we did all go for four different scores. We've pulled it up in terms of goals here. Chris, I beg your pardon, Luke. Sorry, Brett Williams. Uh, a bit of time at Torquay, a lot of time at Sutton. Uh, and another season passes without Brett Williams. He's definitely got it in him to be prolific, and just three goals. Only ever had one prolific season. Twenty-two for
1: Aldershot. Hmm. No comment from Luke, I think he's just having the last <clears throat> I'm checking, I'm, do you know what, I'm checking up on John Parkin because I'm sure he scored more than zero this year but carry on, yeah, no, Brett Williams, yeah, he had a stinker and he went to Sutton and didn't score many there either, did he, so he didn't score many there, although, did he not? Yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't think he got any at talking so um, I think that's rear at Sutton but uh, having checked Tom's spreadsheet which I, you know, I've placed a lot
2: of trust in it was Tom's spreadsheet that also confirmed for me that John Parkin hadn't scored, but uh, 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 moving on to uh, Chris, Chris you went for Matt Patterson at Oxford City, another player who started the season, let me get this right, started the season at Oxford City, then went to Welling and then as part of the Budget cuts, finished up the season uh, back at Hammond, didn't he? So no no, no excuses coming in for Chris, So was a reasonable effort, nine goals. Yeah, and then respectable.
1: <laughs> respectively a lot more than the naught you got the
2: anyway and then uh, a bit of a strange one here isn't it right at the start of the season incredibly uh, Tom uh, and I went for different strikers from the same team uh, and come late September early october it looked like I'd absolutely walked it Tom didn't I as uh, Jake Robinson was on 13 goals for the season or think it might be 10 or 11 at the time. Adam Coombs, meanwhile, he'd been dispatched off to uh, Welling on loan. Just yeah. take it from there, Tom. Yeah, so Jake Robinson raced into,
3: I think he scored something like nine in his first four. He did have, as you say, 13 by mid-October. Um, and then he departed and he shipped himself off to Maidstone um, around the same sort of time as Harry Wheeler left and, uh, and wound, wound up at Maidstone. And I was pretty confident that Adam Coombs was going to storm his way up the charts. Um, But I think Adam Coombs has never really had the faith of the management at Billericay this season. Um, They brought in Ross Lafayette, um, they've played Moses Emmanuel more frequently. Um, And although Coombs did outscore Robinson in the end, he only got 13 for Billericay, but he got 15 overall, including those two at Welling. Um, Neither of them actually ended up as the top scorer in the National League South. Neither of them even ended up as the top scorer of Billericay Town. That was Moses Emmanuel, seventeen. Even though Coombs scored more, I'm willing to concede this to you on the basis that Jake Robinson has been offered a new contract by Billericay. Adam Coombs has been released, so I think in terms of who had the better season, the proof of the pudding is in the in the contract eating.
2: Yeah, and, and an amazing an amazing connection between those four strikers. Every single one of them has moved this season. And three out of the four have moved twice. So Patterson, Williams, Robberton and Coombs, stay at one club, knuckle yourself down and uh, get back to 20 goals a season, next season. Look, listeners, you've been through enough of us squirming now. Let's round up this uh, prediction league. And, And boys, if anybody wants to propose any changes to the score next year, I'm more than receptive to that. But in fourth place, we've got Tom with 115 points. In third place, just unless we can find reason to take another couple of points off <laughs> it. Chris Pratt with 116, and then uh, you move on to the sort of man city of Liverpool of the prediction league. Uh, that's Luke in second place with 130, and I've picked it with 136. Most importantly, though, boys, it was a whole lot of fun, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Like, let's
1: do it again next season. I know it was a whole lot of fun, but. Can I just say I've reached October and John Parkin scored three goals already. So,
3: <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I feel like like uh, Rob's brought my um, my spreadsheet into dis, uh, disrepute because I'm currently sitting at number one hundred and twenty-eight on my list of goal scorers in the National League North is John Parkin with three
2: goals.
1: Well right, there we go. So he did get three then. Let
2: me, let me put those points straight into the spreadsheet, boys. I do apologise. I scanned your uh, spreadsheet quickly Tom but that list of goal scorers listeners goes on forever and ever and ever um, I thought I was a stato when I joined this podcast team but when we brought Tom Lang in uh, we took it to a different level every single goal scored by anybody in the National League North and this guy lives somewhere between uh, the south and the other side of the world and he's got every single goal tracked in all of those top three divisions well done Tom
1: yeah, well done, Tom. But okay. add those add those points on, Rob. Yeah, get them <laughs>
2: off. Okay. The points are on. It keeps Chris a little bit more securely in third place. And Luke, to be fair, you've got now within three of me. So if you can find another three, John Parking goals, maybe we can call it a
1: tie. John, if you're listening to this podcast, the Beast, uh-huh. um, give us um, three okay. more goals that you scored this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's also, I do. Lo- By the way John I do love your podcast And your book So give us three more goals <laughs> <laughs> Alright that completes The round up of
2: the predictions And uh, Luke I'll
1: throw it back to you For any other business uh, No that's it I mean apart from In the National League South Where Bobby Wilkinson He left Wheelstone Over the uh, the last couple of weeks I mean a bit of a shock Do you think that Tom I do not
3: think so Um we spoke to Bobby Wilkinson earlier in the season, and one thing that really shone through there was his acquisition. Um, I certainly got the impression when I spoke to him that he wanted to achieve his aim with Wilson, but if he didn't feel that he could, he would look to move on. Um, I, I don't know if that's that's what you guys took out of the interview as well, but that's certainly what it sounded to me. Um, and You've seen from the players that have departed already, um, two of their most important players in our season, um, Dave Pratt and Freddie Grant, have already made the decision to move to other clubs. Uh, in, in the area, uh, they've perhaps gone to Chippenham in the Town, who, who you look at as a competitive Wilson next season, um, and uh, Freddie try tries luck at a higher level with Maiden, Maidenhead next year. So I think maybe the time was right for Bobby Wilkinson to move on. He's taken them to a semi-final in the uh, in the FA Trophy. Do I realistically think that Wiltshire would have been able to compete in what's going to be one of the strongest National League after we've ever had next season? Um, You're going to have a Potentially older, short. You're going to have um, uh, still dark. there uh, Chelsea are going to look really strong as well. Uh, Dorking are going to come up, and they're going to be no slouches at this level. So, I don't think Wilson would have been ready to compete. Um, so yeah, I can quite quite understand why
1: he's that. As we mentioned, Chris briefly, Mark he's left for he's left Bradford Park Avenue. He'll have plenty of suitors, won't he? Yeah,
0: no. As we said before, he's already been courted by, or at least been mentioned in line with jobs in. Well in the football league as well And um, he's certainly a manager That has maximised his resources There at Bradford Park Avenue And also more importantly He's great to interview as well And he's, he's really, he's really uh, willing with his time So I like those types of managers
1: Yeah and it's getting to that time of the year as well Where players are released and retained We will keep you up to date with that throughout the season But uh, thank you for joining us And guys thank you for the, the, the rest of the season This season
2: been an absolute pleasure, boys. Uh, a fantastic team. Um, absolutely, everybody's so so passionate, so knowledgeable, um, and uh, we hope the listeners have enjoyed it. And uh, they'll come back. And uh, what will be the next podcast we'll do, Luke? Will it be
1: the pre-season one, or do you think we might get bored in the summer and do another one there? And- well, we might have a special one up our sleeve. I think you're heading off to Estonia to see the England Sea. We may well have a couple of podcasts as well on players who've moved up to the Football League. And also, I might, I've got in my mind as well, getting players in who've to the African Nations in the CONCACAF Cup. But we'll see how that materialises. Uh, James, yeah.
3: just uh, an interesting one, while well, we've been on air, so to speak, Um are Park Avenue, announced their new manager. Oh. Ooh. Gary Thompson as player manager.
1: Oh, ex Morkham. Uh,
3: I'm just reading the article now. Ex Morkham, Stunthorpe, and Wickham, correct.
1: Oh, interesting. Okay.
3: But, even more interestingly, Paul McCallum has announced he'll be leaving Eastleigh. Um, he is stated it's been an absolute pleasure playing
1: for Eastleigh, Time for me to go get some tapping somewhere else, all the best for next season. But basically Eastleigh are one of those where I mean Ben Shrevan spoke in our playoff special, didn't he, where he said he might struggle to keep hold of a lot of the players and there could be budget cuts there and, and things like that and um that is a massive worry for Easley, isn't it? Huge like Um you know they were
3: the they're the first team in the history of um National
1: League and above in England to make the playoffs with a negative goal difference um, imagine where they would have been without his 27 goals mm. oh absolutely yeah he's been he's um, been brilliant and as I say it was uh, when I watched Heathley I did feel so sorry for him that he didn't mean uh, that they didn't reach the final in the end because they were they were absolutely brilliant in the two games they were a bit lucky against Rexham but against Salford they just kept coming and coming and McCallum scored the goal and It'll be interesting to see how easily do and how Ben Shervin's re- rebuilds that side for next season.
0: And Rob, Absolutely, and, and, Rob, more and Rob is not up to that standard. Rob, as if to highlight your closing comments about uh, four passionate, well, five passionate people. If you include Rich, we're still talking about football <laughs> transfers. in the <laughs> that <last> part. <laughs>
1: So the three of you have picked your teams of the season for the National League and the National League South and National League North. So Rob, we'll uh, will head in with your National League selection.
2: Yeah, and although I did flick a, a tentative team over to you boys a couple of weeks ago, I've, I've made a few changes as I've thought about the formation. And um, it's been fascinating uh, seeing, particularly on Twitter, some of the uh, uh, some of the teams of the season that have been picked. I was particularly interested to to read um, the team of uh, friend of the podcast Jeff Brazier. He picked the team, not including any of the sides that had been uh, either promoted or made the playoffs, and that, and that was an interesting read, so uh, have a look at Jeff Brazier's Twitter if you want to see that. For me personally, I struggled for a couple of reasons. One was there was four absolute quality centre-backs that I wanted to get in the team. Um, in the end, I, I left... Uh, uh, Sean Pearson of Wrexham On the bench But uh, in goal I went for Sam Johnson in the Halifax I don't think too many people have picked mm. him That guy kept an immense amount Of clean sheets I think possibly prior to last season He had a reputation of making the odd gap Here and there But he had a really, really good season He played very well in the two soccer games I saw him play And the TV game um, A lot of clean sheets So Sam Johnson for me in goal and then those centre-halves, so, so difficult to leave any of these three out. So I've gone for a 3-4-3 three, three formation. Josh Coulson of Orion, it's all been said, an absolute brilliant leader at the back and weighed in with a fair share of goals too. You could apply much of that to pitch. Carl Piaz, Yarny, and Salford, 12 goals from centre-back. And he showed his defensive qualities in the game I saw towards the end of the season. All the shot as well. And Neil Burns, bless him, he didn't get to play too much part in that FA Trophy final at the weekend, but uh, he did recover in time to uh, lift the trophy. Uh, an absolute rock and a leader at the back for AFC Fylde. That allowed me to have a couple of raiding wing backs, and I could not pick anybody other than Zane Francis' angle of AFC Fylde on the left-hand side. Um, struggled with the right side, if I'm honest, but uh, on the couple of times I saw him and knowing how dependable he is and what a great attacking fullback, I've gone for Barnett's Shay Alexander, who changed teams last summer and just went seamlessly straight into Barnett side and pretty much stayed there all season. Then I wanted to been there, seen it, done it guys, to hold the midfield for me, and no better than Oriens, Joby Mackinac and uh, Darren Carter of Solihull Wars. A little bit of creativity, a bit of playmaking front of those two, and you don't look any further than Solly Moore's Jamie Osborne. And up front, how could I resist Danny Rowe, the top scorer again for the second season running in the National League. And Paul McCallum has finally put together a consistent season in front of goal um, that he's been promising for many, many years. Notable mentions on the bench for Jay, L- uh, Jay Lynch of Fyld, Dan Sweeney of Barnett, another colossus at the back. Josh Caroma of Leighton Orient, Matty Casilo of Halifax, always a pleasure to watch, and Macaulay Bond of Leighton Orient.
1: Excellent. Um, Tom, you go for yours.
3: absolutely have. Um, do you know what, I'm just going to say, Rob, I'm really glad that you've gone for a formation that actually works. Um, one of my biggest frustrations for this time, this it really boils my piss, is where people put out team of the seasons which have four strikers and then another two strikers on the wing and attacking midfielder and three centre-backs. That's, oh, that's you good. Good. Every game, you'll enjoy my
0: uh, National League North one.
3: Then. <laughs> 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 Got a three strikers. that. a four-three-three. I'll have. Yeah, legitimate formation. But um, yeah. Anyway, so I've uh, started with Ryan Clark in goal for Bath. Um, I think he's about 137 years old now, but he's still the best goalkeeper in the league. Um, he sat behind the best defence. Um, they kept more clean sheets from anyone else. They conceded fewer goals than anyone else. And when I watched Bath City against Hungerford, he made three absolutely incredible saves. Um, and he's just had a fantastic down uh, in the West Country. Um, he's joined in the back line by Robbie Cundy. He's had a real breakout season for Bath City this year. Um, he's just secured himself a move to Championship Bristol City, so it'll be really interesting to see he get, how he gets on there. Um, Robbie Cundy, we partnered at the back. Uh, Robbie Cundy. A real ball playing centre half, and he's going to be partnered at the back by Ben Garry, who um, is an absolute head on legs um, and just knocks everything back up the field. I've seen him play three or four times this season for a couple of different clubs, and every time I've seen him, he's had a black eye from somewhere. Um, but whether he's been at Torquay, Billericky, or Woking, he's been an absolute star. Um, at left back, Josh Casey, best left back in the league, in my opinion. Um, he's got a really good bait job. And if it wasn't for that, he'd be a full-time professional footballer, absolutely no question. And, and then Ben Winter of Torquay, who's been a really big part of how they play at Ryabak. Moving across to the midfield, I've seen a lot of clubs, a lot of teams in the season that have picked Nassim goal from Welling, but I'm looking at the other wing, and I'm going for Brendan Kearne. Um, he's finished the season as their top scorer with 14 goals. Um, he was a playoff finalist with Hampton and Richard Barrow last year, and he's just really carried on that form for Welling. Um, and then on the other wing... Is Torquay United's Calvin Labombo Kalala in a team of stars drawing all the attacking, brilliant outlet on that wing. The centre midfield partnership, Acer Hall anchoring the midfield. Again, what a signing he's been for Torquay. They brought him in from Guy Lee in the summer. Um, he scored six goals in the base midfield and all of them have been worldings. And then I'll be partnering him with Armani Little of Woking, who's been uh, at the centre of everything good they've done. Up top, um, there's been a, a, a number of good goals scored quarters this season. Um, Jamie Reid has to take it. 29 goals across the course of the year is a fantastic achievement, so he's up front, and he's partnered with Tyler Harvey. Um, there's been players that scored more than Tyler Harvey. They've scored 23 goals in a relegated team. is a hell of an achievement, so it's him and Jamie Reid up front. Um, on the bench, Sam Beddon's. Who's uh, again been exceptional for Concord? Um, Anthony Draker, who just continues to uh, perform no matter how right. yes, he gets. Right. He's now off to having a Waterlooville. Godfrey Poku at Wheelson. Dan Orsi um uh, uh, who is probably the, the biggest playing input to keep the Halden put up. And then uh, Kabongo Shamanga rounding out the other bench.
1: Brilliant. Chris, do you want to p- give us your nationally north team of the season? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so I've gone for a 4-3-3 uh, formation. Now, admittedly, there's not much in the in the way of defensive midfielders, but here we go. I've gone for Ben Hinchcliffe from Stockport County in Goal. He's just been rock-solid this season. Right back, a bit surprised maybe, but I, I think Lee may agree with me on this one. Cliff Moyo from Geisel. Mm. Uh, he's been performing... Well above expectations for a team who didn't do that well this season. Luke Trotman left back, Andy Teague and Ash Palmer. Andy Teague from Chorley, Ash Palmer from Stockport County. Together would be a formidable combination. Uh, I've got James Armstrong, I think you have to have him in centre midfield for Brackley. Now I've got two flying sort of wingers, but they do get back in defence sometimes as well. I not right wingers but I have to have John Johnston from Altringham and Jarrett Rivers from Blythe in the same team and the three up front Matty Warburton Glenn Taylor from Spennymore and Dan McGuire from Blythe can you imagine having them those three up front
1: oh yeah um, formidable
0: formidable is it what 60 odd goals between them maybe 70 this season uh, the only thing will be they might not like uh, playing with someone else who scored more goals than them but- <laughs> moving
1: on, um, playoff hero Matt Unwin from Chorley as substitute
0: goalkeeper, Alex Newby from Chorley, Daniel Udo from Telford, I Had to get that one in for Rich because he has been fantastic all season, uh, Sam Minahan from Stockport County, maybe a little surprised but i put Ollie Cranshaw in from Curzon Ashton because he's been he's been magnificent whenever I've seen him and of course he's
1: a fight it. Yes, a couple of players in there who are moving up to Football League, and uh, well, as I say, we may well do a special on that. Stay tuned to us over the summer. But uh, thank you all for joining us, guys. Thank you for joining us over the season. Yeah, cheers, Luke. Yeah, pleasure, a good way.
2: Thanks, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Luke.
1: Yeah, so. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Tom. Cheers, guys. Rob,
3: before
1: I go, Joe Kizzy has just
3: been announced by Bromley. He's moved from Billericay.
1: To, it's, like, it's like it's like It's like having our own gym white here, isn't it? <laughs> all it needs is is, is yellow tie, is it? But and uh, we're in there. But yeah, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe to us as well via iTunes and Spotify. And keep tuned to us over the summer. We may well have a couple of podcasts coming out for you. Until then, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you all very soon.